side of the church to turn their Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. And I'll ask this side of the church, if you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Get situated up here. And if you rather turn to the other passage, you could just go ahead and switch sides. Or you could just put a bookmarker and go to turn to both of them. <clears throat> Let's pray real quick. Lord, uh, help me to share your word, um, not to confuse anyone, and just pray that you'd help me give us understanding, Lord, and how we can grow and, and be more like you and just ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. So have you ever heard a child say, maybe you've said it yourself as a child, that my dad is stronger than your dad? And then the next child, what does he say? He says, no, my dad is stronger than your dad. Well, why do kids do that? Part of the reason kids do that is because they love their dad But there's another part, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. As adults, we can display the same attitude, but in a negative way. Let me read two definitions to you and try to figure out what attitudes I'm referring to. The first one, the feeling of displeasure produced by witnessing or hearing of the advantage or prosperity of others and to hate them. On that account. Another definition, different attitude, but very similar. Suspicious that we do not enjoy the affection or respect of others, or that another is more loved and respected than ourselves. So in your mind, do you do you have an attitude of what might what it might be, these definitions? It's envy. And jealousy. And you know, synonyms for envy is jealousy, it's grudge, it's covet. Those are all synonyms. Listen to some, some more simpler definitions that distinguish the difference between envy and jealousy. Envy desires to deprive another of what he has. Jealousy desires to have the same or the same sort of thing for itself. So our first passage, if you're there in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to see this, and what's pretty neat is Bernie on Sunday school had read this passage, and he had talked about the very word um, that we will um, talk about. But uh, let me turn on the Corinthians passage. Galatians chapter 5 Verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. But notice if you go, we had just mentioned the word uh, emulations. 
The word envyings in here is also, but the word emulations, that refers to jealousy and envy. Now, if you're in Corinthians, the passage there I want to read, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? So tonight I want to talk about jealousy and envy. And our first point I want to see is the problem of envy and jealousy. The problem is, first of all, that it is sin. It involves one of God's Ten Commandments, the commandment that we shall not covet. And therefore, jealousy and envy is sin. These attitudes have an element of covetousness. In Romans 13, um, I have a lot of verses, so you can listen. If you want to turn there, you can. I'm just going to kind of read them. But first, uh, Romans 13, verse 9, says, For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt not covet. Exodus twenty seventeen says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So in today we may say, Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's car, thy neighbor's airplane, thy neighbor's excavator, thy neighbor's, you name it, you put it in there. We should not covet it. So the problem of envy and jealousy is that it's sin, but also it's of the flesh, and it comes out of the heart of man. Mark 7, verse 20, the Bible says, And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Notice that word, covetousness. And then... As we read in Galatians 5.19, it's, it's of the flesh. But James 4.5 says, do you, do you think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. So the problem with jealousy and envy, it's sin. It's of the flesh. And also, not only is it sin and of the flesh, but it is devilish. And it also had part in trying to destroy our Savior. James 3.14, the Bible says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Envy is devilish. And then Matthew 27, verse 17, we see, what Pilate said, uh, starting in verse 17, says, Therefore, when, we, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy 
they had delivered him. So it's sin, it's of the flesh, it's devilish, and it had part in trying to destroy our Savior. Jealousy and envy involve a critical spirit. Not constructive criticism, but sinful criticism. It's an attitude of the heart. We can get jealous or envious of someone's car, their house, their boat, their plane, their finances, their IQ, their appearance, people's success, their jobs, their talents, their gifts, their abilities, their strength, and their popularity. And how about this one? We can also get jealous or envious of someone's spiritual work. Maybe someone has won more souls than you. It's a good thing. But we can get jealous of many things. But let me say this to not confuse anybody. There is a difference between envy and jealousy and motivation to do more for God. The Bible says to store up treasures in heaven. It says, he who winneth souls is wise. It says, he who goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The Bible teaches that some plant, some water, some reap. The Bible also says, if we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we're not wise. In the police world, there are plenty of temptations to get jealous about. And I, assembly, have been guilty of some. I may get jealous of someone's promotion at work. Maybe I believe I'm a harder worker. Maybe I've believe I've been in the profession longer. And it's easy to get envious of someone's success. If I'm not careful, instead of telling a coworker good job, I may say, well, those drugs that you got, you got because the undercover officer, he called you on the phone and he told you what car to stop. You know, I'm essentially telling a team member that they've cheated in enforcing the law. And that's silly. I should be happy for them. Or I may say, well, that high-speed chase you got into, you didn't start it. Highway Patrol did. The chase just happened to drive by your location and fall into your lap. But that is some temptations in law enforcement. But let me ask this. What are some temptations in your profession or chapter in life that may draw you to be jealous or envious of someone? I believe... Envy and jealousy stem from the pride of life. I'm in the public school as a resource officer, and um, I found out this year, you know, every year they have a, a homecoming football game, football game and then they, have, uh, they also have like a homecoming parade, and they have these ladies that are supposed to, um, one of them is supposed to become the homecoming queen. And uh, this year they, they kind of, surprisingly had gave ballots to the school to vote for their queen candidates. And the reason why they did it by surprise was because last year they had, there, there was a certain date that everybody knew would be the time to vote. And uh, believe it or not, I'd found out just the other week that last year a bunch of ladies had decided to bribe other students, you know, with food, with money, um, Girls would give guys $5 for a vote. You know, if, if that's 100 people, that's $500, you know. And why, you know? Because of jealousy and envy. So we see the problems of 
Jealousy and envy, it's sin, it's of the flesh, it's devilish. But also I want us to look at the opposite of envy and jealousy. And the opposite of envy and jealousy, first of all, is contentment. Again, not to be confused, contentment, we ought to be content, don't confuse that with motivation to do more for God, but contentment, 1 Timothy 6, verse 7 through 8. The Bible says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So the opposite of envy and jealousy is contentment, but also the opposite of envy and jealousy, it puts on Jesus and crucifies the flesh. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Remember one of the synonyms of envy was covet? What is covet? It's to desire, to lust after. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says. And also, we started out in Galatians 5.19. It said, emulations, which is jealousy and envy, is part of the flesh. But if you go later on in that passage, verse 24, it says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So the opposite of envy and jealousy is contentment. The opposite puts on Jesus and crucifies the flesh. But the opposite also causes you to love your neighbor. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, verse 4 says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. But if you saw in that passage, it says, Charity envieth not. Also, Romans 13.10, the Bible says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. So the opposite is contentment. The opposite puts on Jesus, crucifies the flesh, and the opposite calls you to love your neighbor. Think of those stories in the Bible where people were envious and jealous. Think of the prodigal son, um, the, the brother. Think of uh, Sarah and Hagar. Think of Joseph who was sold into slavery. Uh, think of Saul and David. Think of Cain and Abel. What would have been the opposite? You know, the prodigal son, uh, his brother would have been supportive. We're like, Dad, you know. Fire up the grill. I mean, whatever they had then, you know. And, and let me go to the store. Let me get, you know, let me help you. Or Joseph, you know, when he told his dream, maybe his brothers, you know, man, if that comes to pass, that's great, you know. Maybe you can allow me to maybe take care of one of the smaller pyramids or something like that. But they would have been supportive in the opposite. Been ha- would have been happy for others. Now, What about, so we see the problems of jealous and envy. We see the opposite, but we got to talk about our desires. And what about competing in life? What about improving my circumstances? What about motivation to advance 
and succeed in life. Those are not necessarily bad things, but we first need to define, you know, what the motivations of our heart is. We need to define what is a success. I believe we'd all say obeying God is a success. We need to define define the motivations and intents of, of our heart. Am I content? Why do I want to seek a promotion? Why do I want to make more money? And there are some good reasons. Maybe it's you can go on a missions trip. Maybe you can buy an expensive tool that's needed for work. Maybe you can help your children get through college. I think, you know, they need to work too, but it's not wrong to help. Um, Why do I want to have strong muscles? Why do I want to adopt a child? Why do I want to get married? Why do I want to vote? You know, those are questions. You know, God gave us a day of rest, and that incorporates leisure. It's not wrong to take a boat out. It's not wrong to go golfing. It's not wrong to have a desire to get married or have children. But how do you manage those desires? Now, God is balanced, and he's always up to something good in our lives. Think of Zacharias and Elizabeth, mother and father of John the Baptist. They wanted a child. They were older. They prayed. God eventually answered their prayer. But you think of in Bible times, which are different than these times, in Bible times, for the most part, barrenness was a sign of judgment. Now, it wasn't in Elizabeth and Zacharias' case, but most of the time, if someone was barren, a lot of times it was a sign of judgment. But now it's different. Is it? So it's not wrong for a couple to go to a fertility doctor. It's not wrong for a couple who can't have children to adopt. But why do we want these things? What is the motivation? You know, I mentioned a couple things there. I mentioned an expensive tool. Okay, Jesse, I think a couple months ago bought an excavator. I believe for your wife, right? He said, he said for his wife. You know, it's for him, his concrete business. Um, so there's, there's things in life. Don't get confused with materialism. Materialism is sin. Okay. Um, but then again, I talked about leisure. Okay. Um, I have a boat. It's not an expensive boat. My kids, we like to, in the summertime, we go camping. Um, other people have things that they do. I know Bernie has a plane he uses for transportation and maybe leisure. Um, people, I'm not a golfer. Brother Comfort plays golf. Um, those aren't bad things. But just keeping in mind our motivation. You know, I know there are some people here in this auditorium. I've spoken with them. And uh, when it comes to motivation, instead of taking a promotion upward financially, they have taken, uh, in a sense, a demotion or less pay so they could spend more time with their families. So their motivation was to spend more time with their families. So we just got to keep those things, keep those things in mind. South Carolina has cheaper gas. I live close to South Carolina, I mean, we should be content, but is it wrong for me to go to South Carolina to fill up with gas? Bernie says yes. Um, um, But it being so close, so for me, there's times I want to be a good steward, and so I make the drive. It's only 
five or six miles for me. It may be further for you. It may not be worth the time and the stress. But for some people, it may be a good decision. There's a difference between envying someone's position and seeking to improve your circumstances for the glory of God to do more for him. So we saw the problems of envy and jealousy. It's sin. It's of the flesh. It's devilish. We saw the opposites, which we need to be content. We need to put on Jesus. We need to love our neighbors. Thirdly, I want us to look at a godly jealousy. Exodus chapter 20 In verse 2, the Bible reads, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. He's a jealous God. That's a good jealousy. He's a good jealousy over us. 2 Corinthians 11.2. This is Paul speaking. He says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So there is a good jealousy involving spiritual things when it comes to loving God, and doing more for Him. Proverbs 6 uh, talks about the jealousy of a husband. You know, and if his wife was to cheat on him, cheat on him there is that, that jealousy of a husband. He loves his wife, and this terrible thing has happened. In the same type of way, you know, God is jealous over us, and we don't need to cheat on God. January 6th, Not the January 6th you're thinking of. January 6th, 1994. um, I was 11 years old. And um, there was a lady. I I was 11 years old. I remember hearing it on the news. A lady by the name of Nancy Kerrigan. Ring a bell? Do you all remember hearing that name? You know who she was? She was a figure skater. I don't advise watching figure skating. I think it's immodest. But however, it's an Olympic sport. And Nancy Kerrigan uh, was good enough to compete in the Olympics. And on January 6, 1994, at the U.S. Figure Skating Championship in Detroit, Kerrigan was walking through a corridor at Cabo Arena immediately after a practice session. She was attacked and hit on the right lower thigh with a police baton by an assailant. That assailant was later apprehended and identified as Shane Stant. The assault was planned by rival figure skater Tanya Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, and co-conspirator Sean Eckerd. The conspirator's goal was to prevent Kerrigan from competing in both the national championships and the, the Lilyhammer 1994 Olympics. Why would they do such a thing? Because of envy, because of jealousy. She later on did compete in 1994 Olympics. I believe she got the silver medal. She was able to recover and still compete. But envy and jealousy will ruin your life, cause you to do crazy 
things, and it ought not to be named among us. One author, he said, God is in control. This is relating to Christians and materialism and stuff like that. But God is in control, and he sometimes turns Christians back to himself through medical bills, car and house repairs, and even lost jobs. Do you have a godly jealousy? If you would be happy that you got something, why not happy for the other person or coworker? You know, Matthew 5, verse 21 talks about hate, and it describes hate as murder in the heart. So what about envy or jealousy? You remember one of the the definitions of envy had an element of hate to it. So in closing, let's not be jealous or envious, but as Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Let us learn to be content. Content is learned according to the scriptures. And let us store up treasures in heaven. Thank you all for paying attention. I hope that was a challenge. I know it is to me. There's times that we think things should go a different way. And we can fall into that trap of envy and jealousy. And um, But remember, there is a godly jealousy. And... Uh, Let's do right. Let's love the Lord with all our hearts, mind, and souls, and uh, and please Him. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time to be in Your Word together and talk about this topic and uh, help us to have victory over these temptations that the devil and our flesh want to throw our way, and uh, help us keep our eyes on You. We love You. Thank you for this time together, and we can now pray um, for others. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.